2: It takes no time to be who you are. In this podcast, Eckhart reminds us that the world is not here to make us happy. It's here to make us conscious. He says if we don't embrace that, then we will be irritated or even outraged when life pushes us to deal with difficulties. This, he explains, is a pitfall of the ego. He says we don't have to work hard to awaken. Rather, we can let our awareness shine through us. He says it takes no time to be who you are, whether we are 18 or 80. He believes we do not need time to realize our
3: true essence identification with thought identification with mind now freedom arises first when you cannot stand the suffering anymore that comes when you identified with ego when, with the mind you 've had to, The unhappiness is always there when the ego operates. The sense of not enough that's always there either on the surface or just underneath the surface. Something is lacking in my life. I've never, I haven't arrived yet. I haven't started living yet. Where's the next thing that's going to make me happy? Are you going to do it? Yes you are, let's sign a contract right now. (laughs) Make me happy, demanding that the people shouldn't make you happy, situation shouldn't make you happy, but they never do it because the world isn't here to make you happy. Is it here to make you unhappy? No. It's here to make you conscious. But if you don't know that the world is here to make you conscious, then you become unhappy. And then the world makes you unhappy all the time. Because you don't know how the world that is not the world isn't here to make you happy to make you conscious. And once you're conscious, then there is a kind of happiness there, but I wouldn't even call it happiness anymore. There's a deeper sense of rootedness in something vast in something that transcends the person and yet is not separate from the person. And this is where I want to go now. We've spoken about all the things that to stop you from realizing that. And those things need to be recognized. It's already part of the awakening to recognize the things that keep you in an unawakened state. You need to recognize those things. But then from there, you can actually see, well, once you, you, you need to have the readiness and the readiness is there because you're here. How do I go? into the depths dimension where I, when I say I, I no longer refer to the narrative in my mind, me and my story and my life. Just before I go there, just mention one more thing about your life. My life is something, is a narrative in many people's head that causes an enormous amount of suffering. You can't imagine how many people's lives are made miserable by a a very unhappy story in their head that they identify with and call it my life. People just driven to suicide by the unhappy narrative that tells them how awful my life is. And they never realize they are trapped in a delusion of thought. If they were able to step out and again, the question arises, right where is your life? Oh, uh, let me think. This is all my past, my, my dreadful past, my probably dreadful future, that's my life. All the things have gone wrong, all the things that I missed, all the things that people have done to me, all the things that the universe has done to me, all that is my all. has been just awful. I, nobody has suffered more than me. Nobody. (laughs) And people don't realize how much unhappiness is derived from what they're telling themselves in the head. Now these people need to come out of that if they want to be free. Do you want to suffer more? No. Okay, are you ready to step out of the narrative in your mind that says my life and realize that you don't have a life? That the whole thing that you call my life is certain thoughts that float around in your head? and you identify with them. You don't have a life, you are life. And to realize that you are life, which is a temporary expression of the one life, the one consciousness that pervades the entire universe. You are a temporary expression of that one life. You don't have a life. And if you don't have a life, you can't lose your life. People say, he lost his life, she lost her life. How does that work? There's he and there's his life. Who is he and who is the life that he lost? There's a duality there that doesn't exist.
0: Ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort.
1: You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu.
3: You can't lose your life because you are life. You don't have a life. They are just memories and thoughts in your head, yes. But the life that you are can only be realized in the present moment. And in the present moment, the first realization comes to you when you realize that there can be gaps between thoughts. When you realize that apart from thinking, there is another, dimension of consciousness in you that is not disconnected from thinking, but deeper than thinking. We could say higher too, higher than thinking. And what is that? That is awareness or presence. And you realize This dimension of consciousness in you right now, when you become conscious, I'm slowing down as you might have noticed. When you become conscious that there are not only words here being spoken, but there are also Gaps between the words. And you become aware that there are these gaps between words or between one sentence and another. And when you become conscious of that gap, which we could also call a moment of stillness you might notice that every time you are conscious of this little gap when there's no word, in that moment you are aware but you're not thinking. And you haven't disappeared In that space of awareness, the essence of who you are is there fully. And yet, it's it's almost, is like nothing. And yet, it's not nothing. Undoubtedly, there is a presence that is deeper than thought, out of which thought arises. And to sense in yourself this presence that has no characteristics as such, it's pure conscious presence. To sense that is to get in touch with the essence of who you are. And that essence, if we had to attach a word to it to describe it, we would probably call it consciousness. You are that consciousness out of which thoughts come. In the same way I sense or experience, thoughts as movements on the surface like waves and ripples on the surface of a vast ocean. Now, if you, if you only live on the surface, then all that, all that you have is waves and ripples, which are thoughts. Only this dimension for you. And you can't stop thinking. And you look for some kind of answer to who you are on that level only. Maybe if I join with this ripple, I'll feel better. Or I need to accumulate power over all these other ripples, then I'll be someone. Or I need to own more ripples than others. But always never being able to go beyond that. So, the cessation of thinking, which is not falling below thinking, which is not a regressive step to where the animals still dwell because the animal has not yet arrived at conceptual thinking. Consciousness, yes, but not conceptualization, not thought. The animal Are we regressing when I say, when I present to you the possibility of discovering within yourself the possibility of stepping out of thought? But I'm not saying this is a regressive step towards the animal or the vegetable realm. The dog is more peaceful and joyous than most humans, except neurotic dogs that have lived for too long with humans. (laughs) The dog is more joyous, non-judgmental, and alive than, than most of the people who own these dogs, because the dog does not have a burden of a conceptual self. It does not have the burden of an ego, except some neurotic dogs or cats have already beginning of little egos, yes, but put that aside. So the dog is, looks at you and does not judge you because it doesn't in have concepts, but is conscious. Why do people love dogs and cats? Why do they go, ah? Because when you look into the eyes of a dog, you realize for a moment, you connect with a dog and you can sense the beingness or the consciousness of the dog, looking through the eyes back at you. And this consciousness of the dog, although it's not the same as the human, but is also one aspect of the universal consciousness, temporarily taking on the form of dog. This consciousness looks at you, and for a moment you feel free to not think. And you might not even know that. When you look at the eyes of the dog for three or four seconds, you're not thinking when you feel joy arising. Three or four seconds. And it makes you feel good. The cessation of thought makes you feel good because then you can sense your beingness, your deeper presence, your beingness. And this is why people connect with animals. They give them moments of sanity and all you go to even further in the evolution, on the, on the evolutionary scale, go even further back to the, the tree. The tree is even more peaceful than the dog, more connected with the source than, than the dog. The source being out of which consciousness emanates just as light emanates from the sun. Consciousness emanates from the source of all life, which is unspeakable, which can't I don't even want to call it anything. You can't say anything about it. This is how see, this is the universe is an emanation of the one and what it emanates is consciousness that exists in many different forms like sunlight coming from the sun. You are a ray of the universal consciousness emanating from, God, we could say, but not the God that usually people think of as God. And yes, these are all wonderful. They are uh, pre-thought, they exist, the tree and the animal exists prior to thought. We cannot return, it is not our destiny to return to a a pre-conceptual level. It is our destiny to transcend thinking, which means having the ability to think without being trapped in thinking and so arising, arising above thinking, not falling below thinking. This is why we're here. When you awaken spiritually, the ability to be above thought is then growing in you. You rise above thinking. You transcend thinking, but when you transcend thinking that, that implies at the same time, you transcend the person that you are because the person that you are consists of thought and emotion and physical form. You transcend everything when you rise above thinking. It's transcendence is the key word in all spiritual traditions. It really it's all talking about the, the possibility of transcendence. The Buddha calls it freedom from suffering. Jesus called it salvation. Other terms are liberation, awakening, and so on. They all pointed already, the ancient traditions, to this possibility of transcendence. And so, rising above thought, not falling below thought, there's a longing in humans to to become free of the burden of thought. That is self-serving thought. A lot of it being destructive and useless. And this accounts for the enormous amount of uh, drugs that humans consume. Many of them or most of them, whether it's from alcohol to many, many other drugs, they have the ability to temporarily free you to some extent from the thinker or the thinking. But usually the price you pay is you, you fall below thought but it can be liberating for a little while. If you are totally and miserably unhappy, then if you have three, three whiskeys, you will feel a little bit better. And if you have four, five, or six, you may begin to feel worse and then fall off the chair. So it's not the way to go. But I can see why people are longing to, to, to go there. And then there are all the prescription drugs and ultimately the prescription drugs, free me from the torture of my own mind. Free me from the torture of my mind. And yet, There is a spiritual exit available to everybody. That is why we're here now. You don't need to work hard or struggle to realize this level of consciousness that transcends thought. It's already in you and uh, one way of putting it is to say that it, it is already in you, but you have been overlooking it all the time because the mind and sensory perceptions are so overwhelming, the mind even more than sensory perception, that you have overlooked that occasionally you experience brief moments when you're simply aware but not thinking brief moments and during those moments, you briefly transcend who you are as a person. And then you become consciousness. You realize, well, you may not realize it, but that's what is happening. So it could happen when when you're engaged in a dangerous activity that forces you so much into the present moment that you don't have time to think anymore. You, in fact, any thought would be a hindrance and might even be dangerous when you're engaged in a, like climbing a mountain or car racing. I can guarantee that when you're climbing the north wall of the Eiger mountain in Switzerland, not that many of you will be doing it, I can guarantee you that when you're hanging on that wall, you're not going to be thinking about your problems. And your entire historical identity will not be there. You will be forced into complete and utter presence where there's only the present moment. And the same would apply if you're go car racing. What, let me think about my problems. <laughs> what am I going to have for dinner tonight? Any thought would interfere and you would be, probably be dead within a few seconds. So you are, you are forced into the present moment by some dangerous activity, that's why I'm even surfing, surfing, I haven't done it, but I know, I'm, I'm sure the person is surfing these huge waves, it's an incredible activity, maybe in my next lifetime. If you're surfing these incredible waves, you're totally free of the personality. You're just a conscious perceiving presence, it's amazing. Or it could be overwhelming beauty in nature, it could also free you momentarily from thought activity. Just to see something overwhelmingly beautiful the ocean, a mountain landscape, vastness of the mountains, a forest, a vast forest, and you see, you hear the, 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 the wind in the trees, and for a moment you're really listening. Wow. And you go, often, wow is the only remaining thought, if you can even say it's a thought, you go, wow. And you may not even know, you just remember, perhaps later, that was such an incredible moment. But you may not even know that during that moment, you were not thinking, there was only awareness. And the sense perception happened against the background of the awareness. It was not filtered anymore through conceptualization. It was not filtered anymore through thought.
0: Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially, step up like a boss and save the day, or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you, if you could? Would you? When we come through, It's true magic, because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort.
1: You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time.
3: And this again comes back to Buddhism. One of the great insights of the Buddha was, he said, the self, I put in brackets, the self that you think you are, is an illusion. It says the self is an illusion. And that is, of course, the egoic self that we are talking about, a false sense of identity. And so, you go into nature, there's a vast sunset, there's the vast sky and you look around and maybe for maybe even for a minute there's no thought only aware presence so you are you, there's a shift in consciousness that can happen it can also happen just for a few seconds when you relate to something that exists prior to thought You might look at a flower and for a few seconds you recognize the beauty in the flower and say oh. And then of course immediately the mind comes in and says something about it. But the longer the gap between a sense perception and the interpretation of a sense perception, the deeper you are as a human being. The longer the gap between the sense perception and the interpretation or conceptualization of it. So if you have You are a very deep human being, deep meaning, awareness arising. So the more you can look upon the world and not immediately come up with interpretations, even look around a city, a street, sitting in a cafe, or here, and you look. One of my favorite activities is sitting somewhere or standing somewhere and just perceiving and no thought, no interpretation. Now, from the point of view of the mind, the mind says, you no longer know what's going on, you become ignorant. But it's not, there is a deeper knowing there. This is very important. There are two kinds of knowing something, two kinds of knowing. One is through conceptualization and one is direct knowing through awareness. We need both, but I emphasize the awareness knowing, because the other has taken over the world and we've lost balance completely. We are at the mercy of conceptual knowing, but we have totally neglected the deeper knowing through awareness. Let me give you one or two examples let's say I go somewhere, I go into a forest, or I go into a medieval cathedral, and how do I experience this forest, or how do I experience this medieval cathedral? I can experience it, I can, let's say I'm a tourist, I arrive at Chartres or somewhere in France and see this incredible thing, and at the entrance they give me, they say, would you like to hire A little thing that you can carry, put on your belt and you put the earphones in, it tells you, it gives you a guided tour of the cathedral. It explains everything to you beautifully. It only costs 20 euros. So it surely is worth it, isn't it? Yes, it probably is. And that is one way of experiencing. You will learn a lot about this cathedral by going around given concepts and explanations. But if that's the only way in which you experience the cathedral, you've missed something very vital. And that is experiencing the cathedral through your awareness and not concepts in your mind. And if you do that, then you say, no, thank you. I don't need the guide. And you just step in. Now, if you stepped in with a the recording, immediately the voice would start talking in your ears when you step in. But now you're stepping in without that and and suddenly you just look. If you have that thing in your ears, you never say, wow, it doesn't give you that space. And then you walk and you will notice there's very little thinking, you're just perceiving. Perceiving through awareness. And then after half an hour or whatever, you come out again. And you have experienced that procedure not through concepts, but through awareness. Now ideally, if I had a choice, I would always choose the awareness rather than the knowledge, than the conceptual knowledge. But ideally, there's a balance in your life and ideally, you go, you're there for three days. The first day, you just experience through awareness. You come back the next day, and you hire the little thing. And on the third day, you go through, and you have both in balance. You, you know things conceptually, and then you let go of concepts, and then you say, oh, that was by, this is such and such, represent such and such, and then you're not trapped in it anymore, and you let go. Then you have balance between conceptual knowledge and deeper knowing. Now the same applies to yourself. Now, here we have the two different kinds of knowing. You can know yourself conceptually, which, which you do. For example, when you visit a psychoanalyst, the psychoanalyst will analyze your past and he will talk about it and you'll be encouraged to explore more and more of the things that happened and it can go on for years. It's interesting, very interesting. That can be helpful because often it shows you where you are trapped. It shows you what the obstacles are, can be helpful. But knowing yourself in the deeper sense is the other kind which is knowing yourself as the aware presence in which there's no conceptualization because that is the essence of who you are. And then you exist in the two dimensions. You exist as a person, physical body, psychological form, physical form, psychological form, You have a history as a person and you have a future and as a person you live in time on that speeding train and undoubtedly as a person you are already being consumed by the fire of time and the speeding train is speeding up more and more. And then you also, you are there as the deeper, the essence of who you are is awareness or consciousness, which is not yours. You are manifestation of it, it manifests through you. It is the ray that emanates from the source, and that's why you are incredibly deep when you realize your own consciousness, which is not your own, I just say it, then you realize how deep you are. I believe Ralph Waldo Emerson had some, I'm not good at quoting, but he had something, the, the essence of who you are is like a wick, like a candle, the wick of a candle that deeply goes into, into being. You are rooted in this beingness that far transcends the person that connects you to the totality of all life. And that is known in the non-conceptual knowing of yourself. And the non-conceptual knowing of yourself is presence, awareness, the ability to rise above thinking, not continuously, but then you can use thinking and, and actually the presence or the awareness can operate through you and actually use your mind in wonderful ways so that you can co-create with the universe, you can create things. But that's not the most important thing. The most important thing is realizing it first. You realize that and then you can, you're no longer trapped in your conditioned mind. But the mind can still operate, still does. You exist as a person and you realize who you are beyond the person. That's the end of the ego that end of ego doesn't mean it's the end of you as a form identity. You can still operate as a normal, so-called normal human being, but not really normal anymore because normal is insane. <laughs> but you don't have to become weird when you realize who you are. You just become very natural and you still give conventional answers. People say, when people say, uh, when were you born? You give your birthday and your year. You don't necessarily say, "I was never born." <laughs> I am nobody. <laughs> Who are you? The ego can still. You have to still, even when you realize that the awareness that you are. The ego can come in still and and claim something. I'm more present than you. (laughs) Nobody has less ego than me. (laughs) I hope they don't put this statement of mine on a little, very short YouTube clip. now invite into your life that aware presence in daily life and especially when when you're getting unhappy in whatever form that's always a, a signal something unhappiness i'm using this generic term again in whatever form and remember even a slight irritation is unhappiness Anger is unhappiness, although the ego loves it. The body suffers when you are actually angry. Any of those things you notice, know, okay, it means, okay, this it's arising. The easiest way of looking at it is say, I must have lost the present moment. And when you realize that you've lost the present moment because the present moment is presence. When you become aware of the present moment, your problems dissolve. Not that you deny, your, your ability to cope with problems, so-called problems, which are challenges, increases when you no longer make these challenges into a problematic sense of self. Always coming back to the present moment, return to the present moment, because that's all there ever is. We talked about time Time seems to be the fire that consumes us all, but on the other hand, this is very paradoxical, and I just want to leave it on a, explain it on a practical level, not on a philosophical level, and not on a scientific level. Don't want to talk about Albert Einstein's theory of relativity of time, but even more practical. The weird thing is, time seems to be consuming your life, and yet, you never actually experience time except as thought in your head. <laughs> Is this statement true? You have to find, see in your own life. Is it true when I say you never actually experience time except as a thought in your head? Because all your past lives as thought. All your future, which are projections from the past, live as thought. If you remove thought and you're just aware, there's no time anymore. There's only the present moment ever. And now, although you're being consumed by time, the physical vehicle, the strange thing is, it's always the present moment. And people have this burden of past, but it's thought. And if you step into the present moment, you immediately step out of thought into awareness. And that can become, you can make that into a habit especially when thought causes you suffering or unhappiness, and and most of suffering or unhappiness is caused by thought. (laughs) When thought causes you suffering or unhappiness, say, okay, just hang on. Do I want to suffer? Do I want to be unhappy? You can do it in a simple thing. Let's say you have an argument with your partner and you need to be right. And suddenly you realize what you're engaged in being right and you realize it's Meaningless whether you or he or she is right. And then you just, you let go. But not in, be aware of ego, not in the sense that, okay, I'm so conscious, I'm letting go now of this. (laughs) You can carry on without me. (laughs) You let go defending your mental position. You let go of identifying with your mental position. Just, okay, yeah, maybe, okay, it's fine, yeah. And of course, the, immediately the whole thing collapses without an, an opposition. So you can observe how unhappiness arises and then ask, do I want to be? How can I not be? And then you step out and you step into the present now. The present moment It's a slightly arbitrary division, but let's say three levels to the present moment. The first thing you notice when you come into the present moment, which is all there ever is, oh, I forgot to mention it. Your entire life is always now. Although time seems to consume your life, and yet, it's always now. You never experience time, you only experience what arises in the present moment you can only think about time, but you cannot experience time. This is why I compared to, I don't know if I wrote that somewhere, time is like a criminal who leaves a lot of evidence behind, but you never catch the criminal. <laughs> the evidence is an apple that you leave on a windowsill for three weeks. Oh, the criminal was here, look at the apple now. It was so fresh three weeks ago. The evidence is the mirror into which you look at one point in your life and realize something has changed. It's either in the mirror or you, we don't know. (laughs) (laughs) There's the evidence of time, but that's the evidence left by the criminal, but you never catch him or her because there's only the present moment. So the present moment takes you out of time and the present moment is when you step out of thought because time is thought. Wonderfully effective on the practical level, but useless in knowing who you are and going deeper. So you step into the present moment, and the first thing you notice is this level of sense perceptions. You're more acutely aware of sense perceptions. Always the first thing you notice in the present moment. And that in itself can be liberating. Oh, oh, you just look and you're aware, background awareness, looking. The next is you might become conscious of the aliveness that pervades your body. I call it, as you might know from the books, the inner body, to feel every cell in the body is alive. So when you're really present, it's not a head phenomenon, it's an entire body phenomenon, but not the visible body, the invisible, that which animates the body and you be conscious of the body as an alive energy field. Every cell is present. That's the next level of the present moment. And then the deepest level of the present moment is that stillness in which you realize the essence of it all is consciousness. You realize yourself as consciousness Right now. One way of putting it is to say, you become conscious that you are conscious. You are aware that you are aware. There's a knowing there, but it's totally non-conceptual, except when I talk about it, but the words are only signposts. You are aware of the fact that you are aware. There is an awareness. There is a presence, otherwise you wouldn't perceive anything. There is an awareness, there is a presence, otherwise thinking couldn't happen. And even if everything is a dream, which is possibility that people have looked at philosophers over centuries, maybe all of life is a dream. Maybe it is. The fact remains there must be a consciousness in which the dream appears. And so whether or not it is a dream becomes irrelevant. The fact remains, there is a consciousness in which all this appears. I am that. I, I, I. I am that. That is knowing who you are. And that is the identity, this is not only your true identity, it is actually the identity of the universe because you are not separate from the totality. You are an aspect of the totality and the universe is in the process of becoming conscious. The universe is in the process of awakening and you are the awakening universe and temporarily you appear as a person a brief appearance on the stage of the universe disguised as a person <laughs> like a little f- a flash of consciousness Choo. Choo. this choose one life one human life Choo. Choo goes out, comes in, out, in. So you don't have to make an effort to awaken. Really, it's more question of allowing awakening to happen through you. Inviting it, yes. Practice sensory perception without conceptualization as much as possible, it's wonderful. But when you perceive something, visually or hearing, listening, whatever other senses, see if you can be at the same time aware of yourself. Not your historical self, not your personality, but be aware of yourself as the aware presence without which you wouldn't be able to perceive anything. There would be no perception of anything. Would there even be a universe without? Don't think so. Yes, I'm perceiving this so-called table. Consciousness is perceiving. What would there be left if there were no perceiving consciousness? Would there be a table? Would there be just some, a few atoms floating around in vast space? We don't need to pursue that because it's practical teaching, practical, very practical. As much as possible, step out of thought and the more you practice that, the more you connect with the essence and the more you connect with the essence, the more fruitful your thinking becomes. You actually encounter insights and intuitions and realizations that before you didn't have. Fresh thoughts, new thoughts. And you can create through thought, but it's no longer the ego, it's the one consciousness that suddenly says, oh, I'll do that. This is what I'll do. But this lesson, this vital lesson applies whether you are at the beginning of your life and you're 18 years old or whether you're 98 years old, it applies equally to everyone. In order to realize who you are, ultimately, you don't need time. And that's why in The Course in Miracles it says, it has taken time to misguide you so completely but it takes no time at all to be who you are. It has taken time to misguide you so completely, but it takes no time to be who you are. And that is a lesson for tonight and for your entire so-called life. That is, you don't need time to realize who you are in your essence, except for that, Time is the obstacle. So there is a way off that speeding train, and there is a way to escape from the fire, but not on this dimension, but in the dimension of depth. Thank you.
2: I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening.